Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the upcoming. Doctors, lawyers, entrepreneurs, it doesn't matter. We're here to talk about all the best and the brightest as they make their way to their dream careers. I'm your host, Jonathan Carr. Join me as we have a spectacular conversation with an equally spectacular person. You ready? Let's go. Hello, world, and welcome to The Upcoming, the perfect place to catch the best and brightest on their way to the top. Joining me now for the upcoming 16th episode, straight out of Connecticut. She is a Phi Beta, I'm sorry, sorry, Pi Beta Phi at uh, University of Connecticut. Excuse me uh, for that one. Um, But she's dealt in education, arts, and business, even starting her own in the latter. And she's confident, smart, and one for community. And it is a pleasure to be with her today. Ladies and gentlemen, welcoming Madison Tory. How's it going, Madison? Good, thanks. How are you? Uh, I am well. I am well. It's a beautiful day out here in uh, California, and it still makes me very much miss the East Coast, though. So how is it down in Connecticut? It's not too bad. I feel like we're just in the middle of changing seasons, which is kind of playing a trick on me because, like, one day it's like 70 degrees, and then the next day it's like 50 yeah, yeah, yeah. The East is, the, the weather is so weird how it works. <laughs> All right. So, Madison, uh, one thing that always happens in the upcoming is I like to give my guests uh, time to introduce themselves. So, for people who don't know, who and what exactly are you? So, uh, my name is Madison Tory. I'm currently studying at the University of Connecticut. I'm in my third year. Um, I was originally a bio major, but I changed over to sociology and English with a concentration in creative writing. Um, you had mentioned my small business. I run a small business called Box Den Artistry on the side, where I upcycle clothing and I've created my own clothing line. Um, and additionally, um, like you had said, I'm in Pi Beta Phi, which is the first female fraternity. Um, and I also really like music. I compose for an acapella group on campus. Nice, nice. So you're just like all over the place. You and <laughs> all the things you love, all the things you do. Nice. Yeah. nice. I love to hear that. So, yeah, I, one thing I uh, didn't mention, though, and I heard was you did do an internship over the summer. Do you mind uh, explaining that a little bit and what that was like? Yeah, absolutely. So the internship was called Husky Programs, which is a large program that's an umbrella over three other small programs called Husky Reads, Husky Sport, and Husky Nutrition. Um, The main thing that I was working with was the social uh, work sect of that. So we were going into classrooms in the Hartford area to help teach nutrition curriculum to kids that are elementary and preschool age. Um, The specific sect of people that we were working with are in what we call a food desert, which is basically they have the inability to access a lot of fresh foods. So we were also able to introduce them to foods that they may not necessarily normally have access to. Wow. Wow. You know, it's so funny you mentioned nutrition because I was remember watching a video on on like the foods, the best and worst foods to eat for your liver. Mm-hmm. And some of the things in there, like foods are like arugula, um, freaking broccoli, Brussels sprouts, and a bunch of other things I can't remember right now. Mine's a little crazy. Just woke up and it's just like, oh man, there's so many things I didn't realize. And then things that are bad for you, it's just like, oh snap. But the more you know this, the better off you are. There is just such importance to know about like protecting your body and protecting your things from all this food. And so 
you know, I want to just drive it right back to you, Maddie. How is teaching, like, you know, the value of, like, nutrition, all the things to look out for, made you look at the um, foods and drinks that you've had in your life? How has it made you, I don't know, more self-conscious in a way? Yeah, it's definitely changed my perception of it. Like, you know, I didn't want to be a hypocrite going into these classes, telling these kids like, oh, these are the things you should be eating. We tried to shy away from things that you shouldn't be eating. I think anything in moderation can be okay. And that was a huge message that we were promoting to the kids. But I certainly didn't want to walk into these classrooms and then like stop at McDonald's on the way home and like completely contradict the information that I was giving to them. So I definitely, I think it was a nice journey of self-discovery too, because I was able to kind of track my personal progress throughout the summer and it definitely helped me in the long run. Wow, self-discovery. It's funny you say that word, self-discovery, because that's something I don't think a lot of people really find in self-discovery. So when you first gained it, how did that like first moment of getting it just like sort of like hit you? What was that like to be more specific when I first got that like instance of self-discovery? Let's see. So I mean, I guess so how we break down our lessons, we, especially since we're working with younger kids, we tend to use um, the system of my plate, if you've heard of that before. Um, mm. It's basically like this little grid diagram with a literal plate, and it cuts the plate into four sections to show those four food groups. And then there's like a little dairy section in the side that's like represented by a cup of milk. But obviously, you you don't have to drink milk. It could be anything that you want. So it the self-discovery hit when we were kind of hitting the point home that every meal that you should eat, every meal that you eat should touch upon all five food groups. And I sat at the dining hall that night and I looked at my plate and it definitely didn't have those five food groups. And I was like, oh shoot, maybe I should try to do this. So, you know, I went back up in line and grabbed like a vegetable and like, you know, a yogurt or whatever. And so that made that work out really well. That's really cool. That's really cool. But, um, you know, looking at this and the other leadership opportunities you've done, which we'll touch on later, I'm curious about something when it comes to leadership. So we both know with knowledge, such as what you learned over summer or any other except knowledge, people can better lead others. But of course, they also grow and even gain something for themselves. So, you know, when you're leading others, Madison, is there ever something you want to gain, uh, um, you want to um, gather from this, maybe not? That's just maybe just being yourself, like something you didn't think you had before. Yeah, I mean, so I've always been a pretty service oriented person. Like growing up, I was the kid that was like always doing community service and stuff. Um, my high school always required 30 hours, but, you know, I kind of went above and beyond that, not because I felt like it was necessary, but just because it was part of who I am. Um, I feel like the main thing was just feeling a better sense of my community. I really liked that. Um, I came from a town that has honestly everything from very rich people to very poor people and everything in between, but you only see a very certain sect of the town being highlighted. And so being able to raise awareness for the insecurity that's, you know, apparent in our town was something that was really, really important to me. That is really, really cool, you know, because you know, it just goes back to community, just being able to look out for each other. And that's absolutely beautiful. But before I go any further, I want to like um, ask this one big question. So I know you just touched on it a little bit, but to put it simply, what is community to you? Oh, that's a good question. Also, I'm sorry if there's scratching in the background. I have a cat in my apartment. So uh, 
Okay. Maybe she'll make an appearance. Maybe she won't. Um, <laughs> but that's a really good question. I think that community, it's, it's one of those words that can mean something different to everyone. And for me, I think it's somewhere where, I don't know, there's a bunch of people that have things that are important to them, whether it's their values, their morals, their interests, whatever, and they come together to create one place that's cohesive to live. Like, I don't think that a community has to be full of like-minded people. And I don't think that there has to be stereotypes within a community or one certain subset of people. I think that there's beauty in having a lot of diversity. Yeah, diversity. Yeah, you're right. You know, there is beauty in it. And it's just, just being able to see people just like having each other's backs is definitely really amazing, really rewarding to be able to look out for those same people. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, you know, that brings me to my next question about your role in the um, Pi Beta Phi. Um, so, you know, obviously that's a big community in and of itself. What were your first feelings when you joined uh, this particular group? I was excited. The main reason I wanted to join this particular uh, sorority was because of the leadership aspects and the involvement within the community. Um, our philanthropy is called Read, Lead, Achieve, and we focus on children's illiteracy in the U.S., and I really liked that our sorority in particular has our own organization called the Pi Beta Phi organization. Um, so we actually go in, we read books to kids, um, we help them fight illiteracy, and we actually teach those lessons, which is really cool, because I think it's nice having that community involvement instead of just like signing a check and blind, like blindly sending it off. So it makes a lot more connections and makes the work more meaningful too. Yeah, yeah, just being out there, being able to just like work and just take care of, you know, those kids who you know, take care of themselves. That sounds like a really awesome, um, really awesome mission right there. Mm -hmm. um, so the more you do this and the more you sort of work with not just literally kids, but with your own uh, fellow sorority sisters and your own, um, even becoming growing as a leader yourself, what is something you learned about yourself that you didn't previously know before besides being, you know, one um, service person or like one who's looking out for the community? What'd you learn about yourself? I think one thing about myself that I've definitely like learned over the past couple of years is finding the balance of taking care of other people and helping other people, but also making sure to take care of myself. Cause I definitely hit a rut in like high school years where it's like, I gave so much of myself that I didn't reserve any of myself for myself. And so I, you know, as I went on in college, like I, I kind of hit like a burnout and I was took a step back and I was like, okay, like you can still give to other people. You can still be the person that you want to be, but at the same time, make sure you're taking care of yourself as well. Taking care of yourself as well. Yeah. You know what? That's really important because there is such thing as burnout and there is people who just like say, this is too much. I got to go. And, but that leads all the way to, you know, um, sustaining your mental health. So I just cannot emphasize how important that is to like, you know, protect your mind and your thoughts and everything because that's pretty much protecting yourself all the way. So Madison, what are some, what are some ways, like some hobbies or some, you know, maybe habits or routines that you do to help, you know, maintain and you know, protect your mental health? 
Um, for me, one of the big things is giving myself days off. Um, you know, obviously, like I try to be a good student, I go to class as much as possible, but you know, if things start to crumble down and I'm not feeling myself and stuff, like I allow myself to take those days, whether it's self-care or just, you know, doing work, but doing it from home, not holding myself up to the expectation of feeling like I need to be perfect. Cause I feel like that's a stereotype or not a stereotype, but that's a a level that you shouldn't hold yourself to because honestly, what is perfect? I don't think anyone's perfect and it shouldn't be something you should hold yourself to. Um, and also just kind of taking enough to push myself in regards to class credits and um, clubs and stuff, but not, not doing too much just to make things easier in the future, like focusing on like doing enough for right now to be you know, forward thinking or whatever, but at the same time, like not being like, oh, I'm going to take 10 extra credits right now, just so I have a light semester next semester. Yeah. Yeah. So it's just all about finding that, um, not just taking it up, but finding that balance, like you said, right. just knowing like what to do and when to do it. Okay. So I guess you can chalk it up to like staying organized and having great attention to detail and everything. So that's Absolutely. something I remember talking to about someone, but yeah. I just can't help but think though, mm. like I just can't help but think about, you know, as you practice, like talk about how you um, help, you know, protect your mind and mental health, that I can't help but think, like wonder the days where you just felt absolutely just like burnt out or felt like you were like brain was about to implode. Did you have a time like that? And what was it like? Yeah, there's definitely been times like that. I think I've hit a day like that at least once a semester and, you know, definitely different causes. Um, the beginnings of my semesters are always very difficult because being in a sorority and an acapella group, we're going through our like recruitment season at the same time um, and having leadership positions in both aspects. Like, you know, everyone's kind of demanding all of my time. And so being able to say no has been really helpful to me. Like, obviously I'm not going to say no to things that I need to be at, but at the same time, like taking on extras at that time, I definitely say no just to protect myself but you know it's it's a hard feeling and it's you know it's one of those feelings where it's like you feel like you're not going to see the other side of it um and so just taking it day by day was probably my easiest thing it was like a hard two weeks and being like okay like if I can make it through today I can get to tomorrow and then kind of resetting that every single day mm, I see I see wow yeah because everybody feels burnout and some don't even make it it's honestly kind of scary isn't it it is so so scary I've had so many of those times but it's just another part of life but you know I want to um, dip away from um, your sorority and uh, mental health I want to move into um, your acapella so have, have you always like been into singing or has this been like something that's fairly recent I've always loved singing um Growing up, I took lessons with my amazing voice teacher, Robin Salati, growing up. She was so amazing because, and obviously in addition to teaching me a lot about music, she I consider her to be a friend and I learned so much about life with her too. And so I think that having that connection and that bond made music so much more important to me because it grew to be a piece of who I am and they interlinked with my values and stuff. Um, so that was always great. And then I also, um, I played violin growing up and I picked up a guitar along the way and I wanted to find a way that I could make music 
continue to be a piece of who I am in college, but I knew I didn't have the time to dedicate to it like what I did in high school. So joining acapella was like the perfect balance for me. Ah, uh, yeah. And so I because joining the difference of joining acapella is so much different than like having like an actual like a, actual instruments and actual bands and everything. And just the just the uh differences is it do you prefer having having instruments or do you like just like having it with just like voices i i don't know if i prefer one way over another like obviously there's value to having an instrument because you have something to accompany yourself with and that's the main reason why I picked up my our guitar I was like oh well if I like write a song or if I you know have a cover I want to do like I can just pick up my guitar and strum away with it but acapella has definitely challenged me as someone who writes music and someone who just performs music because you know with acapella you are the instruments as well as you know the main voice so finding ways to fill the blank space and learning to you know adapt to being in all the voice parts and also taking up vocal percussion like those are really cool things that I would have never gone out of my way to do if I hadn't joined acapella yeah yeah that's like I hear it's challenging work adapting you know some of my you ever heard of this um one group I think your name was like pentonics or something pentonics yes I love them yes, yes I've seen some of their covers they are amazing yeah, they're amazingly talented. And so just thinking of them, Skami, I'm going back to you. So when you look at people like them, like what are some of the, do you ever like set challenge for yourself? Like maybe I can like try doing it like them or do you like, or maybe I should like work on minds a little bit so I sound, you know, so I can reach that sort of level. Like how do you like challenge yourself in sort of ways? Do you have influences or not? Like how do you, how do you? Yeah, uh, I mean, so it's kind of hard to compare ourselves to big name artists like that, just because, you know, at the end of the day, they have more resources than us. They have more professional staffing. They have, you know, auto-tune, all those things. Not that they aren't talented without auto-tune, don't get me wrong. But, um, you know, it's a different kind of like level. So we, you know, appreciate them, but we shy away from comparing ourselves to them because there's, it's honestly un uncomparable but we do like to challenge ourselves um with listening to other people in our Yukon acapella community we have nine acapella groups currently on campus um, and we also have a 10th group that's in the Hartford campus and of course like we collaborate with other groups at different schools so being able to look back on performances listen to the other groups and being like hey what did we like from their performance that we may, may not have necessarily done to kind of just like improve ourselves and learn from other groups we do that all the time I see. I see. Yeah, that makes sense. Definitely. Because, yeah, they do have a lot of resources, but you do, you know, work with what you got and you make sure that you're improving all the way. So I definitely respect that. Yeah. Such a funny thing, though. Um, random question. Um, what um, vocal range are you? Are you a falsetto, soprano? Uh, what are you? I normally am a soprano one and soprano two, and I also do vocal percussion. Ah, I see. I see soprano. Yeah, I just, I just, I was just um, curious about that one. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's really so cool when you're able to just like be a part of these people and like work together to form something amazing. As, do you have a uh, favorite song that you um, did with your acapella group? 
Yeah, so this semester we took on, I think, about six new arrangements. Um, one of the ones that I composed was Set Me Free by Joshua Bassett, and we're just learning that now. But I think the main one that I'm really excited for um, is Bang Bang. Bang Bang, huh? It's, um, Nicki Minaj, Jesse J. I see. I was, that, was, that was coming to me for a second. I was yeah. familiar. Uh, but um, last question about um, the acapella group. Do you intend on taking that like further into the future or do you plan to like stop after college? Like what is, how long do you plan to go with the acapella? I think it's just something that I'll ride through with college. Like, of course, I'll always support my acapella group and go back to their events and stuff once I've graduated. But I'll definitely continue to keep music as a part of me, just not in a sense of making it my job or making it like a full-time commitment like that. I see. I see. Yeah, definitely something for college. I can understand that 100%. But uh, yeah, let's talk about, you know, you and this um uh, this business you got here. Uh, what was the uh, name again? It's a uh, Fox Den Artistry. Fox Den Artistry. That's the one. So, you know, how, when did you decide, like, I want to say, I want to create this. This is going to be my new passion. Um. So I think like two years ago, um, I had seen um, like a family friend, they had what's called a cricket machine, which basically it cuts different types of materials. And there's like software that you can download onto your computer to design things and whatever. And so it's like a really cool thing. And I was like, oh, like this seems fun. And she let me use her machine and she taught me a lot about it. And she, she was like, this is a really easy way to make money. Um, so if you ever wanted to do it with school or get involved with other clubs to do logo designs and stuff for them like that would be awesome and I was like oh that's really cool so I decided to get my own machine and I just kind of started it off as just doing like small projects for like friends and family like I did a set of like 20 shirts from my mom's book club and I designed that um, I did some custom orders through the boutique that I work at and just little things like that and then it just kind of like spiraled so much that I was like man I should maybe add a name to this just so people can recognize my work and stuff and so my middle name is Fox, so that's why I settled on Fox Den Artistry. I always knew I wanted to use my middle name for something, and so I thought it would be a good opportunity to use it. And uh, yeah, that's how it started. That's a cool last name, Fox, huh? Yeah. All right, cool. So, you know, as you do you create this um, business, what was the hassle that you started out with? What were some of the like more difficult parts starting out that you really had to uh, work on? Um, I think quality in bulk was definitely interesting. Like, you know, I could do a few things just like in small orders, but when it came to sitting down and like, say like when my mom ordered 20 shirts, it's like, oh, okay. Like I have to do this over like a bunch of times. And it's like very, I don't know, it's very technical. So being able to make sure that like every single design is in the same spot on a shirt. So it doesn't look like one designs up near someone's collarbone and the next one is like on someone's stomach like you want to make sure that they're very very in order so just like making sure that I could replicate things easily um without like taking too much time to like you know be like very very like meticulous about it was like something just to kind of like learn the balance of over time oh wow yeah and but there's also just that layer of I think just like art and like uh, fashion to it so you obviously have a pre appreciation for both 
but I want to step more into art. So Madison, when you look at art, what is something about it that absolutely just makes you just stop and appreciate it? I think just the idea that someone took the time to make this, like always, like I really enjoy, like, you know, everyone has a different vision of what they consider to be art and what kinds of art they gravitate towards and stuff. So the fact that someone was able to take their personal interests and passions and stuff and just like throw it onto a canvas or throw it onto a shirt or whatever medium that they cover, I think that's really cool because it's like a walking representation of who they are as a person. Wow, walking representation of who they are as a person. I'm going to use that one day. Uh, <laughs> uh, so, yeah. And so when you look at fashion, because I know you, I want now I want to talk about, oh, we'll, get, we'll get back to art, but I want to talk about like fashion for a second. Because uh, I've heard and is it true that you've worked at a boutique shop. Yes. All right. Awesome. Awesome. So, you know, obviously there's going to be aesthetics about uh, fashion that, attract somebody uh what kind of aesthetic um in fashion attracts you specifically that's a good question I I feel like when I'm just like going to classes stuff like that I tend to go for a more bohemian style I really like chunky like not corner I really like um chunky like um knit sweaters and stuff like that I really like jeans I also just like really like fun patterns things that are just like you couldn't get from like I don't know like a a wholesale store like something that's just like really unique that like makes someone look twice like I love flashy things I don't necessarily love glitter but just like cool patterns and textures are really cool wow bohemian style have you always been to that into that sort of style or is it sort of switched from um one style to the next um I think it's a style that I developed over time once I started working at the boutique the boutique that I work at is the dressing room. Um, shout out to them. We're just, um, we're changing our main location. We're now in a large three-story house. And so we're so excited because we're just launching it, I think in a couple of weeks. So it's going to be really fun. We have our grand opening coming up, but through them, I think I learned a lot about my personal style. I literally like my freshman and sophomore year of high school, I wore like sweats to school every single day. And after I started working for them junior year, um, I started wearing their stuff more and stuff. And a lot of the brands that we work with, there's a lot of a bohemian style to some of them. Um, there's one in particular called Farm Rio and their stuff is just so, so beautiful and it's all very unique and it has a big bohemian influence and I have been getting a lot of their stuff lately. Ah, that sounds really cool. Is there, random question, is there any particular, like, any particular fashion, um, popular fashion, um, that seems like just overrated to you? Yeah, I'm not, (laughs) I don't like low-rise jeans. I don't like that those came back to the table, um, that they just don't personally look flattering on me. And so I would never go out of my way to wear them. I'm very much so a high-rise jeans girl. I know that some people think they are overrated, but I think they flatter me best. So I'll continue to wear them. Um, and I don't know, I guess it really just depends on body type. I don't really like to think of things as being like overrated or anything like that, but like, I just kind of do what works for me and my body type. Uh, do what works best for you and your body type. Okay. That makes sense. I mean, like I said, everybody has their own like signature style and we're hearing one important quote, uh, fashion is a trend, but style that's, that's here to stay. So yeah. 
Yeah. So I guess it is really all about comfort. But looking at your um, the boutique shop you've worked at, uh, another thing, Madison, how do you, is there any way you can see that shop like just growing and improving from there? And if so, like, what would it be? Yeah, absolutely. So I, I've been working at the shop for just shy of five years now. So I've been able to see a lot of their personal growth. The business started, I believe, between 10 and 11 years ago. So I've been there for about half of it. Um, and seeing how they began when I first was hired there, it was originally run by just one of my bosses. Her name is Chris Rainier. And since then, she has now co-owned it with her daughter, her daughter, Lindsay Rainier. And so seeing that was really cool because having the mother-daughter duo, um, Lindsay has brought up and resurfaced a lot of like social media. And so having that presence of stuff has been really cool. I've worked with her a lot with that. We made a TikTok account and that's gone viral, which has been really cool. We have our Instagram reels that have been doing really well. So seeing it grow and adapt from being just kind of like known for being a, um, like a formal wear store to now having athleisure wear and stuff and seeing the dynamic change with different things like COVID and trends and styles and all that kind of stuff. Like it's been amazing. And we started off as one location in Wallingford, Connecticut. And then we added an additional location in Madison, Connecticut. Um, and now seeing the original location literally over double in size with this new house that we're launching. Like it's incredible how much progress we've made in the past few years. Yeah. I can how can you see it just like growing from there? Do you think maybe you'll end up being in like a four-story house or maybe you'll end up like? I have no idea. Honestly, I think the sky's the limit at this point. Like, you know, the growth has just been so exponential and Chris and Lindsay have been just doing such a good job with, you know, uh, making sure that all the styles are representative of different age groups and different sizes and all that kind of stuff. It's very, very inclusive. So, you know, I don't think that anyone has ever felt left out which is awesome. And that's why I think we do so well because it's such a, a diverse amount of clientele. So I, I really don't see the growth stopping anytime soon. All right. Well, that's really awesome. You know, I love to hear that your um, shop's doing really well and it can only get be better. You know, like you said, sky's the limit, but um, I couldn't help but take a look at the, I want to go back to fashion for a second because I couldn't help take a look at the uh, Bohemian style of it. And it, really does look like a pretty comfy uh, style of clothing right there. It was really, um, really relaxing, kind of like the like lounging in your house or going for ice up a thing. So, you know, it also has sort of like a sort of vintage aesthetic when I look at it, too, sort of kind of old school a bit. Uh, are you by any chance into the sort of like vintage looks like maybe not just scolding but like antiques at all like do you are you into vintage period yeah honestly I definitely like people refer to me as an old soul a lot and I 100% agree with that and that's with all aspects of my life like with music and stuff I am 100% a 70s and 80s music girl like I think that I should have been born in the 60s so I could be a teenager in the 70s that's like that I would have loved that um even in regards to movies and stuff, like I have a pretty large age gap with my parents. So they introduced me a lot to like their older movies. So like Forrest Gump, Saturday Night Fever, all of those kind of classics, Top Gun, all of those great movies. So I was very much so engulfed in that kind of culture at an early age. And that definitely carried on with my fashion sense too. So I don't know. I really just am an old soul. Oh, I love to hear that. Cause, and I've also seen like, 
a couple of vintage things come back, specifically like the uh, vinyl records. And yeah. do you, do you, do you happen to have a record player in vinyls? I don't. That's something I've been wanting for a while, but I've just never gotten around to. But it's definitely on my bucket list to get one. Yeah. And people have really shown like an appreciation recently of stuff like that. Just being able to go back to all the time, 70s and 80s, just like you said. And so you um, what else? Just a random question. What else do you think uh, might come back in popularity in the near future? Will it maybe will people start using you think people might start using like typewriters instead of computers or like what, what do you predict? That's a really good question. Um, I think with vintage things, it's tricky because I think that people sometimes don't necessarily appreciate it for being like part of history. They more so look for the aesthetic purposes of it. Um, so I think anything that can kind of like look cool, but still fit the vibe of being vintage has the ability to resurface. So whether it's like a typewriter or it's a record player or whatever, like all of those things, like people will use it to be like, oh, like I'm cool. I have this like vintage aesthetic, which like, I don't know, like to a degree, like I appreciate the fact that things have been resurfacing, but I don't like that they're being resurfaced for the reason that they are per se. Um, but I think for things that might come back. I think that Marilyn Monroe has been a pretty huge influence for people lately. I've heard a lot more talking about her with like fashion sense and stuff too. And a lot of designers have used her as an influence throughout time. So I think that timeless look that she brings has been like really cool. And I think it's going to continue to stay, you know, above it, her. it is honestly just baffling and amazing how she's managed to stay popular for so long and now she's even getting her own biopic and yeah. Anna de Armas casting of which I did not see coming at all uh, so I'm interested to see how that'll turn out but yeah Helen Monroe do you have any random question another random question do you have any thoughts on Ma Madeline Monroe specifically like and I think she's been able the image she's managed to maintain even after death yeah I Honestly, her and Audrey Hepburn are two of my biggest role models in fashion. I think that their um, style has always just been so timeless and so classy. And, you know, you were talking about trends earlier and what's trendy in fashion. And of course, there's going to be things that people continue to be like, oh, this is in, this is out and it rotates. But the fact that they've been able to create this presence, this lifelong presence that's gone beyond their lives, I think is so cool. And it's always going to be a staple and it's always going to be something that people can look back on and compare modern fashion to and always like make it like home in a way. I, I see. Yeah. Yeah. Audrey Hepburn, Marilyn Monroe. <laughs> it's still so amazing to me because those are like, I guess a, those just like classic names right there, classic names in Hollywood. But yeah, and the legacy of managed to leave behind, you know, would you, I, and now I just want to think about that in terms of legacies. When you look at legacies, what's one that you would want to leave behind? Or That's a good question. Um, honestly, I just want to be able to I don't know, especially like when I look at it from like a parental perspective of like what lessons I want to leave behind for my kids. And honestly, I just want to be able to make sure that my kids are doing something that they love to do 
that they're passionate about and that they are somehow able to make a difference in the world. And cause that's just such a huge part of who I am. It doesn't have to be some global huge project that they're like saving lives like Superman or something, but you know, whatever they're doing that they're able to make someone's day a little bit better. Cause that's what I would have always done. I love that. I love that. Yeah. And making sure that your kids are able to do what they want to do, just like you've been able to do what you want to do as well. Absolutely, yeah. And it goes right back to just having that that sort of freedom, you know, I mean, that sort of free will to be able to do whatever. Because like they say, you can do anything you put your mind to. Um, I have uh, one more question, but it's, I for, um, forgot to ask it back when we were talking about your sorority. So excuse me for going all the yeah. way back to that. But uh, there was this, I was looking up uh, Phi Beta Phi, and there was, as you could call it, this stereotype, and I wanted to talk to you about it, and it is, I quote, hang on. So Phi Beta Phi girls are considered by most to be top tier, but also have a reputation as fake and superficial. They are not regarded as nice, but not outright nasty either. Many consider them obsessed with their looks and say they have a reputation for body image. However, this stereotype may be sour grapes on the part of other sororities with inferiority complexes. Now it's just like, wow, it is so easy to come up to have all these different ideas and like thoughts on like what a what a group is rather than what they actually are. It's honestly kind of funny. But uh, when you look at your sorority, uh, Madison, how does your group set their create their own image like how do you guys like be your own people yeah so it can be a little bit difficult because I think that overall like Pi Phi is a very very large sorority and we have chapters at a lot of different schools especially in the south there's like Pi Phi is basically everywhere um, so being able to create your own image within your chapter is something that's so difficult, especially when there's a lot of people creating a negative image from different chapters. But one thing that we hold ourselves to at my particular chapter is not is finding ways to not have a stereotypical PiFi, and that comes through a lot in our recruitment process. We have certain obligations that we're not looking for people of a certain color or a different weight or a different anything like we're not trying to you know have any of that be a factor and I think that that's made a large difference um honestly one of the things I always mention to people that are new in the chapter and you know at our events and stuff I'm like I always say look at how everyone's dressed like you'll see with other chapters online and you know in other schools and stuff how you know everyone's wearing the same outfit and they're all the same size and they have their hair all straight and whatever but when you come into my chapter like I have the ability to wear my hair curly I have the ability to show my bohemian style I have the ability to take up leadership roles that are important to me and I don't feel obligated or feel like a lesser member if I don't choose to be in a leadership role so it has so much flexibility for you to take out of it what you want and also just to bring your personality to the table it's not like a set image of what pi-fi is and then you have to fit that mold it's like pi-fi is this big like bubble and you have the ability to bring what you want to the table to make pi-fi what it currently is I love that answer. So that's how you set yourselves apart. And man, I'm sorry. I was just thinking about when you said that the Pi Fi was a big sorority. I was just imagining all the other places that are like huge, dang chapters from all over. Does it ever feel like just 
overwhelming how large the group ultimately is yeah in a way like it's crazy I was talking to I think one of my mom's family friends and she was saying how she was in Pi Fi which was really funny but um I guess she had gone out of the country to like Europe or something and she just happened to be wearing something with Pi Fi on it and someone recognized her all the way over there like that's insane that is insane that's crazy oh man hey that might be same instance for you one day so you just walk my somebody just recognizes you on the spot all right all right well ladies and gentlemen that concludes our episode 16 of the upcoming i want to give another big thank you to madison tory for um being a part of this wonderful episode thank you very much madison thank you for having me all right folks so that is all. Be sure to tune in next week for episode 17 of the upcoming. And yes, the episode 17 is coming next week. So you know what? Just be on the lookout and be sure to continue to follow us on Spotify for more amazing content. And oh yeah, be sure to also follow us on Instagram at the underscore upcoming podcast. And we make sure to give regular updates and um, notifications of new episodes or anything that might have happened to the episodes yada 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 thank you very much and good night thank you for tuning in to the upcoming if you like this please sure to follow us on spotify for more amazing content the best is yet to come take care everybody